This week, we have another value-packed episode from the Hands Off CEO archive for you, where Mandy Ellison is talking to Hands Off CEO alum, Jamie Birch, about thriving in difficult situations and the incredible value of having a clear vision for yourself and your team. Enjoy. Is your current success putting a lot of demands on you? If you're good at what you do, and you are, then everyone wants you. But that's no way to scale. If you're delivering spectacular results, you should be commanding higher fees, working with only the best clients. Welcome to the Hands Off CEO Podcast, where world-class agency owners and consultants learn how to fully monetize their expertise and scale profits by doing less. Here's your host, Mandy Ellison. I am here today with Jamie Birch. Hi, Jamie. Welcome to the show. That's good to be here. I'm glad I showered and got ready today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am so glad that you are here, that you have the opportunity to be interviewed again. We had Jamie on the podcast last year. A lot of things have changed. So we thought, you know what, let's bring Jamie back. So really the story that we're going to be telling about Jamie here, but Jamie's business has before the challenging times of, that we entered into last year, he came onto the podcast and shared like this big breakthrough story that he had in really up-leveling his company and getting to a certain place. So we're going to re-release that podcast so that you can listen to it again. But today we're sharing Jamie's comeback story because Jamie had a rough last year. I'm just so grateful that he is generous enough to come on and share these experiences here. It takes some vulnerability to share this. Jamie, thank you so much for being willing to share your expertise and all the things that you've done to help you get to this point. Yeah, well, I am anxious to do that. And hopefully my experience of being through several recessions, 9-11 and this in 2020 can help other business owners see that they can do it and maybe provide some guidance on how to get through it because it's been a crazy, crazy year. I just want to acknowledge you for how well, you have led through the crisis and that you have really stepped up and have been that beacon of light for your team, but also in the industry too. So I'd love to talk more about this, but let me first introduce Jamie. Jamie Birch is the owner and the principal of JDB Commerce. His extensive internet marketing experience includes all facets of online marketing, email, paid search campaigns, customer retention programs, and much more. So this wide range of disciplines has enabled Jamie not only to survive this unprecedented year, but really thrive and become a business leader in the market. See, Jamie is not just a one-hit wonder. Maybe we could just share real quick. Before you joined Scale to Freedom, you know, there were some profitability challenges you had Mm -hmm. to overcome. So you really led through that. You uh, made some changes into your offer that have really allowed for a lot of growth. And you really led your team to a whole other up-level. Is there anything else you'd like to add to that? Yeah, I mean, that's where we were when you and I first met was, I would say, a slog through the mud. We were getting through it, but it was tough. A bit of a constant state of mild panic, which may be the title of an unwritten book I may write at some point, (laughs) Constant State of Mild Panic. And we acquired a company that did not go well, and we lost some business and lost some people. And kind of coming out of all of that, and looking at who our ideal clients were going to be, what the offer was for them, how the service needed to change to do that, what problems we were going to solve so that we could charge more, become more profitable, and deliver greater results for our clients. And so that was sort of the first 
rebirth that we worked with you guys on helping us get through that. And the big thing was there's moments in my 16 years of managing JEB Commerce and running it. There's also moments of you and I working together. And one of them was the email that I basically set the goal for the staff, where we were going to go. Okay, now you guys go and figure out how to do that. And this is what I expect from you. And that was really a big change. I tend to be a Superman. For those listeners who follow the Enneagram, I'm a two with a three or three with a two. So I like to solve all the problems. So stepping back and allowing my team to solve the problems was probably one of the biggest steps in my leadership evolution. That was a lot of the big stuff in the first year that we worked together. And you really have transformed so much in that. And just a few highlights just before we get started so that everyone has some context for where we're starting is that during that time, it had really helped your team, your executive teams really step up and take over whole parts of the business. What's the longest you've taken off from your business now? Like, I know it's been weeks, but how many weeks have you been taken off from your business the longest? Three weeks is the longest, but I've done multiple two weeks with like two weeks off and then two weeks back and then another vacation. My kids and I rodeo and ride horses a lot. And so there's always an event we're going to. So even through this last year, 2020, we've still been able to do that. Now, we've not taken our trips to like Scotland or those big trips anymore. But yeah, I think I've taken probably eight weeks off in 2020 total. Mm -hmm. So you now have a business that will literally run without you for weeks and weeks at a time. It gives you a great deal of freedom. I remember that there were certain points where you had reported that we'd increased profit 40 percentage points. Like in a matter, I think it was nine months. So all of these things, how did you building up this place, this really solid foundation, how did that get you through this last year? It got me through this last year is the short answer. Part of it was I had the team and the structure around them so that I could solve these problems, that I could look at strategy, I could look at pivots, and I could lead effectively because I didn't have to worry about the day-to-day with clients. I didn't have to worry about fires that we've already solved. I didn't have to worry about team morale. I had people that did that. So when March came and COVID started to be more of an impact, I was able to spend all my time on marketing and strategy and just solving these unique problems that we've never experienced before. We lost an entire vertical of our client base from current clients and future clients. We did a lot in the travel space and pretty much in one day, that entire vertical just disappeared. And that's not a surprise to anybody. Travel has disappeared and and it'll be some time before it comes back. So we had this unique problem that we've never faced before. We had big clients leave. We've had myself or my staff make mistakes over the years where clients left. Those things happen and they can be very dramatic and tough to deal with. But we've never had a pandemic and had to deal with a vertical just disappearing and then logistical challenges of our clients where they had to pull back their marketing budgets and their activities because they didn't have inventory and just a slew of weird and unique things we've had to deal with. So having that foundation of, and those systems and processes, so we knew how to create annual plans, we knew how to do quarterly goal setting, we knew my directors, my leaders had their systems and processes and the autonomy to go do that. By this point, they had experience in making decisions for themselves, leading their own departments, making mistakes, and there was a lot of trust back and forth between the two of us. 
I trusted that they were going to make good decisions, the best that can be made. And when we fell down, they were going to pick themselves back up and do great work again. They had trust in that they could do that. And I wouldn't come down and raise all holy hell or freak out or fire them. So that allowed the things to keep running. We had good cash flow. And that's the one thing. Those systems and processes allowing and empowering to do good work and make good decisions, a track record of that, combined with the work that my CFO and I have done on cash flow, allowed us to weather the storm. One of my the things I'm most proud of, probably the thing I'm very most proud of in 2020 was even though we took a significant hit to top line and bottom line and profit, there were months where we lost tens of thousands of dollars while we pivoted, while we got through this. We never laid off one single person and no one lost healthcare benefits or anything else. We did other costs in other areas, but we had the same staff that we started the pandemic that we ended it. We had a few people decide to move on, had nothing related to that. We have the same headcount and every single person, not only were they making the same amount of money, they got a bonus at the end of the year, they kept their healthcare, And we all got through it together. And that was, at times, it was tough to see that that was going to happen. But all those foundational items allowed me to solve the big problem at the time and allowed everyone else, no one else had to really solve that problem. They had to work on the problem ahead of it. And it was funny, we used the movie The Martian as kind of a guide because stuff happens so fast. And even now, right, everything changes so frequently. 2020 was a crazy year, six days into 2021. 2021 said, hold my beer. I got more craziness to give you. And so it just allowed everyone to make a plan and to feel good about what they knew what they had to control. And that foundation allowed me to solve the bigger, unique, crazy problems that we had to solve and then pull them in on a volunteer basis to help me solve these other issues. So I think our leadership team and the company as a whole, I've never been more proud of a team to get through like they did has been great. But yeah, those foundational elements, it just created room. It created room emotionally and even physically on the calendar. It created room for me to solve and to navigate and guide the company through these issues. Thank you so much for sharing that. There are so many nuggets of wisdom that you just shared there. First of all, this could, that little segment could just be entitled how to lead through a crisis, how to actually lead through a crisis there. And One of the things that I want to point out was that really you being true to your vision and what you're creating and your values is what allowed you to keep on creating, even in spite of like a whirlwind all around you, of you being able to be true to this is what I'm creating. And then that growth continued to happen for you as you were able to figure things out. It really helped us reconnect to that vision. We worked through that all through this year. And that was one of the goals is let's make sure we have the right vision. I don't think we started the year with a great vision, but it helped us make those decisions. I've been without work before, and every problem is way bigger when you don't have work. And any problem is 10 times as big when you have income coming in. So that's always been important. I've watched all my family members go through cycles in my adult career of being employed and being unemployed and looking for work. And It just makes everything so much stressful. So the idea of providing a career and a job and fulfillment, professional fulfillment for my staff, we rediscovered that this year and we took a stand on that. We're going to get through this together. And that was really cool to see. I want to touch on cash flow and I want to touch Mm -hmm. on where you are now. And I also want to touch on 
how your vision has changed as you're going through this. So let's start first talk about cash flow. Rewind back a few years back when we first started working together. One of the biggest challenges, and I might actually say the biggest thing that held you back from really getting the support that you knew you needed was the cash flow. We didn't know. We had back of napkin numbers on what our profit needed to be and what it was. And we quickly found as we dove into that together that that was the back of napkin at 1.30 a.m. at a bar someone wrote down. It had no semblance of reality. And so finding that allowed us to price correctly. It allowed us to service the accounts correctly and provide that profit. Now that profit, the book that you shared with me, Profit First, that book, Profit First, really changed how I own and operate two businesses. It changed how we manage money completely there. And so new accounts were opened. We moved profit as it came in. We didn't spend it. Our CFO did a tremendous amount of work to identify what was a profitable client, what wasn't a profitable client. So we let some clients go and we really changed our sales strategy, who we were going after. So that allowed us to build, I think in that first year, we got to two months of cash reserves on hand. Now, that may not sound like a lot, but it is hard for any business to get any months of cash reserves. So when we hit 2020 and the pandemic happened, we probably had, I'd say, somewhere between three and six months. And we started 2021 with more. And even in between, there were months we lost money because of that commitment to keep everyone employed and keep driving forward and keep delivering the same level of service. So we felt confident that we'd get there. But what we did is we looked at our cash reserves. So some of it was vision and our values. Keeping people employed is very, very important to me. It's always been important to me since back in the recession with the dot-com bubble bursting. Our department, the web, didn't lay anyone off. Every other department did. So it's always been important to me. So we built those cash reserves. And I have to say, Luann, our CFO, was a huge driver on that. One of the things we changed was no expenditure was made without a predicted ROI added to it. And then every expense was reviewed to see if we hit that ROI. So it added a whole sense of accountability to every single person in the company. Yeah, I'd love to send you to that conference. Tell me what you're going to accomplish and how is that going to return? How's it going to return for your client? How's it going to return for us? So that allowed us to build a war chest of sorts. And we had no idea 2020 was going to play out like it was. But the idea of having reserves to invest in new services, to invest in new verticals, new office locations, that's what we wanted to do. And my first mentor always said, you know, cash is king. My dad has said this often as well, cash is king. And it really is correct. I had the ability, the privilege to make the decisions I made this year because we started it with a really great cash position. So when we hit difficulty, when a vertical completely disappeared for us and we had to pivot, and then later when our sales team, our entire sales team moved on and we had to replace those, what we looked at was what's our cash on hand? And then we planned out our cash flow for a whole year. So I could see what the cash in the bank was for a whole year. We made a commitment to spend a certain amount of that, a sizable chunk of that, on our current staff to get through this. And so we just created sort of like alerts. If the cash flow based on predictions falls below 
nine months of operations, then we're going to make these kind of cuts. If cash flow falls below six months, well, now we're starting to cut into people. If it gets down to three months, it's a dramatic change. And so the biggest thing that I'm hearing from this is that one, you have the cash on hand because of the changes you had made before in order to be able to be in a position where you actually have choices. Most of the time, I see CEOs come to us from this place of like, well, I just had this disaster. Now what can you do? They have no cash to invest in anything and they're not willing to. Coming from that place, it's so much more difficult than if you actually invest at the right time so that you actually have that cash flow, like you have the cash flow. That was one of the biggest lessons I think businesses should take out of 2020 is how many fail. Now, some of them, there's nothing they can do about it. Closures, they can't open their bar, they can't open their club. Tattoo artists were impacted greatly. There's a bunch of different areas, but a lot of businesses failed because they simply couldn't survive for two weeks, for a month. And I saw that and was like, man, five years ago, yeah, I could have been there. I would have had to make dramatic changes to that. But how many people don't plan for that? Like you really should, three months is a minimum. And that may take you five years to get, but that should still be a goal. Yeah, we had the privilege of choice because we made a commitment four years before to manage and be good stewards of our money. And what I used to do is I went through phases of ownership with and relationship to the money the business was generating. I'd probably say 90% of small businesses. When I started, that checking account for the business, it was my checking account. I used it like my checking account. Then I moved away from that, added some separation, but I still managed if there was money in the operating account of the business, I'll find a way to spend it. All on business stuff, but I'll find a way to spend it. And then we moved into with Profit First and you guys, your help into more of investment and planning and goal setting and being stewards of our revenue. And that has provided the opportunity for us to make choices instead of not having any. You know, something else I want to point out too is there's been specific times where you have invested ahead when you didn't know how it was going to, for sure, you didn't really know how it was going to go. And there was one specific time where you were looking at the level of sales team that you're going to be bringing into your organization. And I know that probably brought up some fear when you were investing in that next asset to grow. So how are you able to get over some of that fear when you were consciously investing ahead of your growth? Part of it is that having the choice, I had cash on hand and I could say, okay, this could take six months to see if this is gonna work. Am I willing to spend X amount and lose that in cash to see if this works? And I'm not risky many places. (laughs) Maybe those close to me would disagree, but as far as like financial investment of my own personal capital, I'm pretty risk averse. My business is where I do take bigger risks, but they're calculated. So we knew we had the cash on hand to burn through it to make a sales hire that we need now and can't pay till later. And I sought counsel, you and Jen, my leaders and other mentors and shared with them my position. Here's where we're at. Here's where we need to get to. You know, what do you think? So seeking good and wise counsel was really important to help me make those decisions. At the end, the cash allowed me to, being a good steward of our revenue and our profit and our retained earnings, gave me choices to make it a lot easier. Now, I've made those decisions earlier, but it was really belief in what we were doing, knowing that If we want to hit our goals, you have to put money back in the business. There's a biblical concept of the first seven years of your harvest goes right back in to your farm. And then the seventh year is the Jubilee year and you actually get to enjoy the fruits of your labor. And so 
that's an important concept. Putting back into your business, this year we invested in a bunch of different areas, new verticals, new products and services, a new sales team, vendors to help us generate leads, a bunch of different marketing efforts. We launched a podcast, all this sort of stuff. And there it's, I'm betting on myself and my team. And we had the opportunity, we had the cushion to make those decisions, good mentorship and advice. I saw our clients have one of three reactions in April. Deer in the headlights. I don't know what to do. I don't even know what to do about me not knowing what to do. And I'm not going to do anything. I saw people retract 100%. They closed their affiliate programs with us, with everybody. They went from having a marketing budget to spending zero. And then I saw people take a more reasoned approach. What's the problem ahead of me? And that's where we talk. I love the movie, The Martian. Work the problem. You have this problem. Yeah, there's going to be seven more tomorrow. And there's two more waiting for you right now. Work this problem, then work the next and just deal with the reality, kind of remove the emotion, let go of the should, like this shouldn't be happening. I don't know who can tell you whether it should be happening or not, but just solve that particular problem that you have in front of you. So those three reactions, I saw them. Two of those types of individuals failed this year. The do nothing, I don't know what to do. And I get that. There were many days I stared at my laptop, really not knowing what to do. I understand that retract everything, understand that as well, those people failed. And we've retracted some. We are now fully remote. We got rid of our lease and our big internet fees and all this other stuff. But I wanted to take the approach of like, just work the problem. Try to be unemotional about it and not be all wrapped up. And this year should be different. Yeah, we had different plans for 2020, but that's not how it worked out. And that's one of the shifts that really helped. And so we wanted to lead that way too. I wanted to lead that way. I love that you shared that. I know that there were days, because we had conversations about this. There were days when you were like, yeah, the deer in the headlights, and you're like, this shouldn't be happening, right? So it doesn't mean we don't experience those emotions. It just means that we choose powerfully that we are going to feel the fear and choose faith instead. Yeah, and it's one of the most powerful things by being in a group like Hands Off CEO. Many of us have been there for a year or longer. A few of the tribe have been there longer than I have. And to see each other be vulnerable in that group, because not many people can understand what it's like to lead an organization and go through these struggles. And so you need that group. And I remember several days where I'd start talking and I couldn't say anything. And I'm just too emotional and too lost to move forward. And then the other members of the tribe picking me up, encouraging me. I can't tell you how many notes I got from Wally and Josh, especially Philip and so many others who reached out on those difficult days because there were days where like, I'm trying to be that leader, but nothing's working. (laughs) What do we do? And they were able to lift you up. So it definitely, there were those days, there's going to be those days. I will have those days this year. And just knowing like, you got a good group to work with. And Michael Hyatt had a course and I went through that too. And one of the things he said is uh, that shook me in one of those days was you've already made it through 100% of your most challenging days. And I was like, oh yeah, I have. That helped. I love that. What I just love about what you shared here, Jamie, is that this vulnerability that, yes, you got through this year successfully. Yes, there's this huge comeback story. And I'd love to hear at some point here, we'll talk about where you landed, the kind of growth that you're seeing now. But this is not perfect. Some days we do better than others, right? And you sharing this journey here of you just choosing different reactions, it's really powerful. 
Thank you. Someone said yesterday, you can't choose your circumstances, but you can choose how you react to them. And there were many tough days, but I saw, I still was blessed. I still had a job. My family was healthy. I live on 10 acres and literally everything I love to do is on my property. So the quarantine, it really didn't impact me like it impacted a lot of people. So through that, I saw that I was super blessed. And even though it was bad, everyone in my companies paid their bills. Everyone was better off at the end of the year than they were at the beginning. We all improved and progressed and we saw signs of that all year long. And so that allowed me to, you know, have a really good attitude and then just kind of remind myself, like we get to choose how we're going to act today. And knowing I learned a long time ago that how I show up as a leader and my company will follow me wherever I go. And I learned it John, if you're listening, he would bring me a Snickers before a big sales call. Because if I was hungry, I was a jerk. <laughs> and so he would bring that to me. And then I would notice I would get, yeah, that happened a lot, a lot of times. It was fantastic for him to do that, but awful that he had to. But then I had employees who would come up and they threw the grapevine, ask if I was okay or if the business was okay. And I was just kind of struggling at home or with one of my kids or something outside of work was a struggle. I wear, I tend to be a feel, I tend to be an emotion and letting them see when I was struggling, they would, you know, if I walked by someone and we made eye contact and if I just had stoic face, they would think I'm going to fire them. They would go like, oh, Jamie looked really upset. Must be me. So learning how I need to show up to everybody and how much that affects the morale of the company, that was huge. And so I really worked hard this past year and to identify like, what leader do I wanna be perceived as? What does my staff need? And through all that, what they needed was transparency. They needed to know where were we? Because they knew when we lost a client, they knew when travel didn't work, they knew when a client struggled with logistics and all these things. They were the first person to know before I, I knew. Mm-hmm. So they knew what was happening. Everyone could do math. And so they were really worried. So transparency was one thing I wanted to lead with. Vulnerability, let them know I'm struggling too. There are difficult days, but this is what we're going to do. And that's the next thing is reality with where we are and here's my plan and I need help with it. What do you guys think about us doing this? Or let's start a committee to figure out which verticals should we go into? Or how can we better deliver our service with less hours or things like that? So I had to be intentional with that or I would fall into depression. And if I did that, if I wasn't sure where we were going, if I was not focused on that, and if I fell into, fell the victim to anxiety and depression, and what are we going to do? The whole company would follow me right behind. And I didn't want to do that. I love that you shared that and you're being vulnerable about it. Here's the thing is, is that just the profile of the entrepreneur who goes and becomes a CEO we are more prone to that than the average person. And it's not something that we talk about very much. It brings up shame. We kind of have to have shit together. Be able to be appropriately vulnerable in a way where it's actually very empowering and you getting the support that you need to be maintaining good, solid mental health. And that's something that I saw you consistently doing to support yourself. Here's just some of the things that I'm coming, I'm hearing from what you said here. Leading with intentionality, being intentional. And one of the things that I heard you say is gratitude. And I can't even begin to tell you how much of a driver this is in success. Every single one of our hands-off CEOs who are the most successful all 
have this in spades, this attribute, they embody it. And that's something that you embody so well, Jamie. And you even just pointed out how grateful you are, even in the midst of things being pretty challenging. And I don't want people to think I'm the guy who's always like, oh, I'm so grateful and things are great and I'm always blessed. Look, there were times where I didn't want to wake up. I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression five, six years ago. So it's something I struggle with. So a lot of times when you hear people talk, you're like, man, that guy's got everything together. He doesn't have any problems and he's, or he's, their personality is grateful and happy. No, there were times where I had to make sure I went out and ran and I did a two mile, four mile run. And that's one of the things I started when the pandemic happened. I had to go do that because I was in a bad place emotionally and physically. And I just, I didn't know what to do. So I went and ran, came back, I felt better. So we struggle as business owners with that. And we struggle with saying, like you said, I'm struggling, I need help. Today's a really bad day. If you don't have anyone around you that you can do that with, it's gonna be really difficult. And a lot of times you can do that with your spouse. You can do that with your family, but sometimes you can't. Sometimes you also need to lead there. And seeing you worried all the time it also makes them worried all the time. So sometimes you need another person, another tribe that you can come in and say, I don't feel like I know anything about what I'm doing right now or how to get us out. I don't even know where we are. Help me. And it has been super important. But the intentionality is, what leader do you want to be perceived at the end of this? And we're not at the end of it. Looking back, and that's, I love the stand in your future exercise. I was showing someone that yesterday. I love that exercise. So that's one of the things I kind of use too, is looking a year from now, what do I want to look back and see how I led, how I handled my own mental health, my own emotional well-being, but also the company that helped drive that intentionality. Yeah. And maybe I'll say a little more about that so that yeah, we do this standing in your future exercise and Kristen Hill, one of our coaches that have, has supported around mindset at certain times, we've done this a lot of our retreats. So one of the, the big thing about this is actually looking at your vision for, and just really opportunity to really create ahead and look at 12 months from now, what does it look like and creating it as if it's already done. I am so excited that looking back at this last year, we were able to add $5 billion, whatever you want to say it's right. And maybe that's, it's starting with what um, you're so excited about and being able to create it that way. And what I want to come back to is like you listed all these pieces that you put in place into your finances in order to be a good steward. Most CEOs, when they're putting those things in place, they're doing it out of place of fear. They're not to be a good steward as much as to like, I've got to make sure that I don't lose all these eggs. I'm, I'm like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to all be gone. If, if I don't manage this right, everything's going to be gone. It's from a place of abundance. It's from a place of fear. And you've really created these systems in place in your business around your finances at the level where you're at. You have a seven-figure company. I hope you don't mind me sharing that. I have to say mm -hmm. the specifics, but you have more established than maybe some of our other clients that have started in at the lower six figures. So you have the ability to put more of this infrastructure in place. So those listening to this, I don't want you to think that you need to have that level of sophistication in your business yet. Where Jamie's company is, it makes sense. But you put these pieces in place looked at your vision, created your vision ahead, and then you started allocating your money to be aligned with that. And that's where I'm seeing you investing ahead and you feeling that confidence because it's aligned with where you're creating growth. Yeah, exactly. The and the structures that we put in place of the growth plan and the, the quarterly review and debrief. And now we're establishing processes and systems. So I don't even have to manage any of that. 
So now I can focus on what I do best, content creation, marketing, strategy for the agency as a whole, and employee development. But I still think the financial stuff, you may not have a CFO, and it may just be yourself, but you can still institute the profit first stuff and manage it. And probably the biggest thing is that account is not yours. It's the businesses. Don't use it as a checkbook. It's not your checkbook. And then every expense has to have an ROI. And you're right. There are some things in place here. I have accountability to my other staff. Now I still get, I can make any decision that I want to, but I do have accountability in them that those decisions are going to produce profit. So yeah, there's still things that you can do as a six-figure company that we do as a seven, eight-figure company that will make a huge difference and will help you get there. Because starting out, yeah, you may not have the revenue to invest. You may not think you have, but when you start to manage your money a lot better, you find that you do. And then you get to maybe hire a new biz dev guy or another assistant so you can do that biz dev. And the money, that's the first thing. If I was coaching someone and I have in the past, that's the first thing we look at is, do you even know what you're bringing in? Because a lot of times people don't. And looking at how you generate more of that. So coming back to where are you at now? So I know you started off the earlier 2020, things were pretty challenging. You lost an enormous amount of business. Where are you at now as far as I know you've brought in a new sale, uh, VP of sales. I mean, I, I've seen your leads and your, the amount of growth just go through the roof. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about where you're at right now with that? We pivoted into some new verticals, education, food and drink. We've always been very strong in beauty and skincare health and outdoors, and then travel. So we added new verticals. We, our sales team that we started 2020 moved on to other opportunities and we wish them the best and missed them. So we had to hire a new sales team. We did that and found some really great individuals. One local, now that we're all remote, that opened us up to hire pretty much anywhere. So our new director of sales business development is on board and has done a tremendous job. We revamped our outbound efforts to generate leads and we closed a ton of business in the fourth quarter. Probably, I mean, real close to the most business we've ever closed in three months. So I dove right back in after our sales team moved on started diving into it. That really helped get reacquainted with that. Finding the right people to fill the shoes really helped. And then providing the accountability. Autonomy, it's really like goal setting. Here's the vision for the company. You get to figure out how you're going to get there. And I'm going to hold you accountable to that, regardless of the department. So we established that and we back to regular profitability. We actually surpassed every goal I had for the year, gave bonuses out to staff. And we're looking to grow by about 3x this year. So we invested in the new sales team and invested in new marketing efforts. We started a podcast. This was a little unique for me today because usually I'm on your side of the mic in the past half a year. So we invested in that and that's working really well. One thing I learned is younger people getting their first and second job in the space, they're using Spotify as a search engine. This blew me away. We got one client and the way they found us is he was telling us a story. You know, I just got this in my responsibility of generating new customers through our website. And I heard about affiliate marketing. So the first thing I did was go to Spotify and search to get a podcast to learn up on it. And he goes, and 24 hours later, I'm talking to you blew me away. So we invested in that. That's working really well. But we also invested in our website. We launched a new website. 
we invested in content development and all those things. And that is all working really well. We actually started this year in a better position cash-wise than we started 2020. That still sometimes blows my mind that we did that. But we have the best team we've ever had all the way around. And we've had some really great people. So that's saying a whole lot. But yeah, we're poised for a lot of growth. And we had an incredible Q4. Two of my quarterly projects revolve around staffing. Now we have the problem of hiring because we're getting a lot of clients. So the right people, the right vision, and the right accountability has been amazing. I'm just kind of blown away because there's more specifics here than I even knew about that you're sharing right now. You're in a better cash position starting 2021 than starting 2020, which blows my mind because you had a significant crisis. I remember it felt like your business was just disintegrating. There was a couple months where I wasn't sure the service level stayed the same, but lead development just kind of dried up. It was very, very difficult. We lost an entire vertical. So yeah, there were times where it was really, really hard. And yeah, I'm kind of blown away too. (laughs) It's just something I really have to acknowledge you for really creating from your vision and really holding strong and true to that. Because what it looked like here is that you held that confidence that you're going to get it back and you're going to be able to come back even stronger. That's what you focused on. So you had two bad quarters instead Mm -hmm. of the majority of the market that have lost it. They're just sitting there with nothing now. Yeah, it was holding true to the vision. And again, all that foundational work we've done in the years prior, the stuff you and I have done together and what you guys coached us on, the work my CFO has done, all of that and the processes and systems we put that my director of affiliate management, Stephen, has done such a great job and my staff. Everyone did their job so well and knew how to do it and felt supported and had the systems in place to do it that when we hit that bump in the road, we all performed pretty well. I'm sure for my staff, it was scary for them when we did start talking about what we had to cut and sharing with them plans for what it looks like going forward at those darkest points. But the reality helped us. And they came up with phenomenal ideas, phenomenal ideas that really proved we found some of our staff are amazing on sales calls and they really stepped up. Others are amazing on reviewing the data and sharing that. It may have been my most fulfilling year leading this company. It was the most difficult, the most challenging. We've gone through so much as a company and and this year was nothing. Nothing else compares to It's not even hyperbole. Everyone understands. 2020 was crazy. And I think it was our most fulfilling year. We all worked so well together and everyone supported each other. When I said, hey guys, we're trying to figure out this problem. Is anyone available to help? I always had a full room. The staff Mm -hmm. came through and they all helped. And so again, I think the things that helped me as a leader was establishing the vision. So even if like, hey guys, how do we figure out this particular problem? And I only had three or four people. Hey, guys, this is what we're trying to do. At the end of this, we're going to have two or three suggestions to solve this problem. Okay, what do you guys think? And then accountability at the end. All right, what are the solutions we're proposing? These three. Okay, here's what we're going to do. And then as a leader, I provided feedback. Hey, guys, this committee came up with these ideas. This is what we're doing. Here's how we're going forward with that and then reporting back. So that same like vision, autonomy and accountability has really helped. What I have loved is just how perfectly you've modeled being a hands-off CEO this year. And like you mentioned, there are certain parts of the business that you got a lot more hands-on into because Mm -hmm. your sales department was gone. A lot of the companies we work with don't even have the sales department is the CEO. 
but you had grown to a point where you stepped out of that because it's time when something is not functioning, that's when the time is to step back into it. And you stepped back into it. You got back to a level that it was working and you learned so many different things that when you brought in this new salesperson, this new person to take over the sales lead, the company is a completely different place. And I just want to acknowledge you for this last quarter that you've had, the biggest quarter ever. And that's on the tail end of the two worst quarters you've ever had. Yeah, I think it was the biggest quarter ever. It's right up. Oh, close. Sorry, close to it. Okay. It's really close. But no, thank you. Like I said, this has been the most fulfilling year. It's neat to look back and go, you know what? I'm actually really proud of how I led. I'm really proud of how my leaders led. I'm really proud of how my staff led themselves, their clients, and each other. And so it's been a pretty powerful year. I'm really mm-hmm. looking forward to what this year. And, you know, one of the things we often run from struggle. Our whole goal is to be comfortable. And man, we would have missed out on so much growth and success and fulfillment if that's the tact we took instead of diving right into the discomfort, diving right into the struggle. And we don't wish for another 2020, but we sure all learned a lot. Really amazing. So what's next for you? Well, it's growth. We've set high goals for this year. We launched a new product halfway through 2020, conversion rate audits. And that is going well, very profitable. And we're finding huge success for our clients. Through all that, we found an additional service of paid media management. Uh, Not only are we really good at it and can deliver amazing results, we're prototyping it right now. And in the first two weeks, we've seen a 700% ROI on that. So we're launching additional services What's great is they're launching profitably off the beginning. We're delivering service that maybe took us five, six, seven, eight years in our affiliate management product. We're delivering that right off the bat. We have very clear client success maps on each of those services. We're able to do really, really good work. So this year it's growth. We're going to be hiring a ton and that is super exciting. And I'm not doing a whole lot of that. My team is doing a lot of that. So the right people, getting them in the right positions, giving them the vision, a very exciting and emotional inducing vision, letting them figure out how they're going to get their respective spheres of influence there, and then providing that accountability. And really, I get to do a lot of employee development and coaching, and that's super fun, and really working on each of the products and helping those leaders of those products develop better service. So that's really what we're doing this year. I have one role that my goal for this year is to hire for and release. I do all the marketing and content generation, the vast majority of it. So we'll be looking to bring someone on or promote from within to handle the bulk of that. So that's kind of where we're going this year. We have a very clear plan, but we're holding it very loosely because you just don't know what's going to happen this year. So we may have to make more pivots and that's okay. Well, I love that. But the vision doesn't change. It's like the vision while you're there. That is one of the biggest things that I see has really contributed to your success been the foundation of your success. And you've proven it. You're not a fluke. You've like, come back and... I have to keep telling myself that. It's 16 years. I'm here. (laughs) Well, but here's the other thing too, is I don't know if you want to share this, but like you shared with me the bigger vision for your companies and how much bigger you're going to make them. And I don't know if you want to share that or not that size of companies that you're going for? We're still finalizing a lot of that, but I have another business that 
We work with adults with developmental disabilities, very fulfilling area to work in. And our goal is to change the industry. And if we need to be operating in six states to do that, then that's what we're going to be doing. Right now, we're focusing on delivering better service to our clients and providing a better work environment for this population of workforce. So again, it's kind of into that line of providing career, providing jobs, providing a millstone. That is exciting. And my wife and I have goals of starting an equine therapy ranch, big into horses. And we've seen the most hardened and struggling teenager get around a horse and just melt. And there's something about the outside of a horse that changes the inside of a person. So that's one of our big goals is to do a whole lot more of that and have a greater impact on our community. And we've been blessed with amazing families and lots of love and support in our home. And we want to do that to teenagers who may have not been able to experience that. So my wife and I, and I we're just talking about adoption. Like there's a bunch of new crazy stuff that could happen this year. So you're like the perfect embodiment of what it is to be a hands-off CEO at, at a whole other level. because. What it is, is you get your business sustainable and you look at how do we scale that? How do we be able to keep that consistent cash flow? How do we be able to create these jobs, these amazing careers that people want to be there? How do we build this culture so that we have people that are fighting for our vision and that are part of that? And then how do we continue scaling our services in a way where quality actually increases? That's when you know you're doing it right. You're yeah, just sharing yeah. about how your quality is increasing. That's the opposite of the way most people scale. You're increasing quality as you scale. You know that you're doing it right. A natural byproduct of all this is you're increasing product, increasing profit, and really growing your wealth so that then you can go and expand it and share it with other people, with these nonprofits that you're starting. It is such a pleasure to see you grow, Jamie. Oh, thank you. I was asked to be on the board of a nonprofit ministry group out of Fiji, doing ministry in Fiji called Into the Open Door this year. So even through all that, And yeah, when I first heard Hands Off CEO and started to work through that, my wife had a concern because she's seen in the past leaving portions of the business before they were ready for you to hand off leads to bad service, lost clients, financial difficulty, bad environment for your staff. But being able to find the people to fit into those things so you can give them professional development and fulfillment and they're able to do great work and you empower them to do that. Your service level goes up and then you can put yourself into where you're needed, not everywhere. And then you get to do these things like help other ministries and nonprofits and things like that. Yeah, it's been exciting. And thank you. I appreciate your help through all this. Couldn't have done it without you guys. And 2021 is going to be a weird, crazy year. But for the business, I think it's going to be pretty phenomenal. Well, Again, Jamie, thank you for being who you are. Thank you for contributing to the world and the way you are. It's just such a pleasure. Where can people find you? So I do a lot of my communication on LinkedIn and Facebook, and it's LinkedIn slash Jamie Birch, facebook.com slash Jamie Birch. I'm on Twitter at jamiebirch.com, but I don't really go there anymore. But you can email me at gethelp at jebcommerce.com. And I kind of make my calendar available on Fridays for anyone who needs anything, especially I started it in the beginning of COVID, if you needed someone to look at your resume, you needed career advice, you needed an introduction, you needed help with your affiliate program, you needed new customers and you didn't know where to start. So I opened that up Friday and we still do that. And they can go to calendly.com slash Jamie Birch and set up some time with if they want to chat about anything we talked about. If they want to get out of the constant state of mild panic, I can give them a couple pointers and advice. <laughs> 
And then they should definitely contact you guys. <laughs> Thank you very much, Jamie, for sharing that generosity. And it's just, I love that you freed yourself up so that you actually can contribute to people in this way because the way you're running your company. Thank you. Thanks so much for becoming on our podcast, Jamie. And I look forward to seeing even more amazing things from you this year. Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to see how this process could work for your business, we do an executive briefing where we lay out this whole process for you to see how it fits in your business. So jump on this opportunity right now if you're interested. We host them on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Mountain Time. They do fill up fast since we do prefer to have smaller groups, smaller group interactions. So if you would like to see our whole process laid out, come to our executive briefing and you can go sign up at handsoffceo.com forward slash RSVP to reserve your spot. Thank you so much for listening. This is Mandy Ellison with the Hands Off CEO podcast, signing off.